0: time for a new episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Allen Iverson is always going to be my all-time point guard. The real AI?
1: Practice. We're talking about practice, not the game.
0: <laughs> His contributions to professional baseball cannot
1: be denied. Uh, you sure about that? Then why is he not in Cooperstown? Come on, puss. Nope. Hattie old girl, he takes a backseat to Joe Montana
0: two years now we've been doing this bullshit
1: i I can't believe podcast hasn't thrown us off the air
0: marvin harrison or reggie wayne
1: (sighs) reggie wayne
0: (laughs) hot take taylor versus serrano 2022
1: fight of the year baby two women sold out madison square garden incredible you're the biggest homer ever whoa 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 you leave my dodgers Steelers, and my penguins out of this we did a lot of hockey talk last year. I enjoyed that. Well, it's a great sport. Kill a guy with skates. What's better? It's true. All right, one-on-one,
0: full contact, both in their prime. LeBron versus Jordan.
1: Come on, Hattie, old girl. You really think that deserves an answer? Okay, fine. We'll take it. Coming soon on Steel Toes and Scoreboards: A
0: Top Twenty Five QB Episode.
1: Beedo. Nope. Not after that point guard cluster episode.
0: Oh, man. Tyson Fury versus Mike Tyson in their prime.
1: I'm pretty sure somebody named Tyson would win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this live golf versus PGA Tour feud has been an incredible news story this year.
1: It's a pissing contest, but it has been funny.
0: That Waco episode did killer numbers on our downloads. See? Good thing we covered more than just sports. Have I worked a pro wrestling reference in yet tonight?
1: And here we go, folks. Once again, he gets going. Well, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like wrestling. Leave me the fuck alone. Peyton, Brady, Breeze, and soon-to-be Rogers all retired. Who's the next crop to stand up and take their place? We've got to start talking more to college hoops. Ah, waiting on you to pull the trigger. Commissioner Kirk Kelly in the house, everybody. I'm here to save the MLB. Anything to say to your fans? Peace, love, and Ozzy Osborne. Hot take right here. He's the greatest second baseman to ever play the game.
1: You're kidding me, right? You can't be serious.
0: All right, push. You ready to get into it?
1: Sure bet. Hey, old girl, let's piss some people off.
0: <laughs> and as he said, we sure do. <laughs> Guys, a very new episode happening right now. back to another episode of Steel Toes and Scoreboards. And do I have a treat for you. Today, we're going to cover our first full-length episode of 2023. We're going to do a World Series episode. But before I get started, I decided there's no way I could do a World Series recap. Without the commissioner of Major League Baseball, and joining me on the mic, back from his brief sabbatical that I promised you guys, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, Kirk Kelly.
1: Kirk, what's up? I what's up, man?
0: I fucking missed you. Well, this show sucks without
1: you. Uh, uh. (laughs) This show sucks with both of us. No, I'm just kidding. I I, I mean, you guys, you guys just
0: heard it. We just recorded a new show open. I like it. I actually like that I one.
1: Did too. Was
0: that cool. was uh but, but anyway, so so we got a treat. Uh we've had some busy months. Yeah, yeah. We haven't recorded together. I haven't seen you in person in damn near three, three months. months. Right. So we decided to get back together
1: and yeah. do this and uh things called life.
0: Life. Holidays know. and life yeah. and everything else. So responsibilities and stuff. Super responsibilities. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do you know, our World Series recaps is our Majority of our content has been World Series yeah, recaps yeah. or baseball-related. Yep, for sure. And uh, we decided, as I had mentioned in uh, previous episodes last year, I did a little homework project where wow. I was going back and looking at every World Series anniversaries in five- to ten-year increments. So for uh, the calendar year 2023, we would be doing any World Series ending in a three or an eight. And we decided we're going to do our first vintage, yeah. our first classic World yeah. Series. Yeah. As today we go back fifty-five years ago to this coming October, cover the Detroit Tigers and the St. Louis Cardinals. well I wouldn't even been a thought yet. My dad was born in Mar- uh, March of '68, so he would have been
1: ten months, right? Seven months. Wow, cool. Yeah. So yep. uh, this was, was a good
0: World Series. Did it, you do any homework I, this I, week? I, I
1: did a little bit.
0: I watched the recap video. I watched part of some of the game. Hey, what's you know, I, I know we're in new times, new technology and everything, but there's something cool about old-school
1: black-and-white World Series games, yeah, ain't there? and they don't wear any helmets, neither. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I was thinking about that. I was I'm like, man, saying, how Bob many guys Gibson, took a beaner to the face? Bob Gibson hurling that fastball in there, and he ain't got a freaking helmet on him. Are you kidding me? Man. That was the last year I think they did that. I'm thinking. Or maybe 70 Somewhere in that time, it couldn't have been much longer after sixty-eight, right, right,
0: because right, right. player safety became paramount at that point. Man, I wonder how many guys got beamed in the I fucking face oh, over
1: the years. Man, I just noticed it right when I first started watching the highlights <laughs> in the first game, and I was like, wait a minute, they ain't got no helmets on. Fun fact: I found out a little something about this World Series. Well, Bob gets it too hard. Dude.
0: <laughs> do you know who did a lot of the Cardinals play-by-play work in the '60s?
1: Uh no I do not Harry Carey Harry Carey I did I yeah I did see that on there and John Buck which if I'm not mistaken is Joe Buck's dad, dad. right right he would have done <clears throat> he would have still done the World Series in the '90s late '90s I think early '90s <laughs> probably yeah I think so I think he called Joe Carter's home run
0: we missed we missed out on last year so we're gonna have to go back and catch a 2022 anniversary special All right for uh. The 92 World Series, right. which right. was Toronto and Philly. Philly's yeah. and Toronto's was 93. Okay. Joe Carter. Well, who, was who the it? hell played in the 92 World Series?
1: I don't know. Uh, Toronto no. and somebody. Cause what, we what, did. Year, what year was it they didn't have the World Series? 91? <laughs> no, because we did
0: 91. That was uh, no. Twins and uh, drawn Blank now. We did the 91 World Series, Twins versus Braves. We well, just had to look it up on a Google. Yeah, well, let's look it up in the Google. Kurt's got me, my show, our show. Yes. Kurt's got me looking now. Ninety-three was Toronto and Philly. Thanks for bringing that up, you dick. That 19- was Joe Carter. The other call. That was a good series, though. Nineteen. 19- yeah, Joe Carter, man. Nineteen ninety-two. Why am I drawing a blank? There's somebody out there that's screaming in their radio at no, us I know, right now. I know. Why am I drawing a blank? It was Toronto and the
1: Braves. Charlie Leibrandt. Okay. Lee that's right. That would have been Char- Charlie. And Lee Brandt. That's I'll so, never get old. Uh, the Braves won that year? No, Toronto.
0: Toronto won back-to-back. Back. that's
1: 92, right. 92-93. That's right. Huh.
0: You know, that's something to be said, too. Like, winning back-to-back championships in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it in baseball when it's 162-game season.
1: Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. All right. <sighs> You ready to do this, puss? That's why the 2020 Dodgers Oh, yeah, we're, we're going to do your 2020 Dodgers. We're not champions yet. You're, are you just saying your own? You're a homer. I'm sorry, but. Are you saying you, your own you team didn't a third, win a World you Series? play a third of the season. A third of the season. You didn't play everybody in the league. Are you, are you telling me right here, right now, right February
0: 12th, uh, Super Bowl Sunday, you're telling me your own team didn't win a World Series yeah. in 2020? Yeah.
1: I really feel that. I mean, they won a tournament, I guess, but it wasn't a World Series.
2: I'm sorry. Wow.
1: What's well, how I feel about it? I mean, uh, there will be. There's a lot of uh, baseball that didn't get to be played for the breed. I, I don't know. Well, we'll let you guys marinate on, get, on that. Way to go, COVID. So we're gonna do World Series
0: recap yep. for our first full-length episode of this year, and we're gonna do a vintage World Series at that right are you ready yes all right and here's something we haven't done in many 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 moons it's pay a bill a long time a long time so guys check out beauty and the beard company in uh, marysville ohio uh i reached out to them about getting us a couple of hats oh you're scratching your beard in the mic right now <laughs> i reached out to them about a couple of hats uh <laughs> I got a message in back. He sent me a message. I forgot about it. But anyways, check out Beauty and the Beard Company. They've got a ton of uh, great swag and soaps and beard kits, essential oils, the works, uh, a lot of cool hats, T-shirts, hoodies. And for our listeners, uh, try discount code Toes 15 at checkout if it's still available. You guys get a nice little discount on whatever you purchase. Uh, you can find them on Facebook uh, or in your Google machines. That's Beauty and the Beard Company in Marysville, Ohio. All right. Now I'm hearing all I'm hearing in my... Yeah, you scratching that beautiful beard. The beautiful bearded bastard himself is back. Obnoxious. Commissioner Kirk Kelly in the house. He's obnoxious. He's Uh, obnoxious. All right. So the 1968 World Series was a seven-game series, and it was the 65th edition of the Fall Classic. That was the 65th one at the time. Huh. Uh, it featured the AL champion Detroit Tigers and the reigning, defending National League and 1967 World Series champions, St. Louis Cardinals. Detroit would win in seven games to claim their third world championship and their first since 1945, coming back from a 3-1 game deficit to win three straight.
1: That's pretty cool. That's what I didn't see it. Turn that way i was thinking saint louis won that series but
0: nope. uh bob gibson holy fuck will we get into that in a minute <laughs> uh so let's go ahead and start this here by what we do as we have referenced till we've been blue in the face our favorite thing to do is pull the rankings from espn.com sam miller where in october of 2020 he ranked at the time all 116 world series now 118 And to rank every World Series, they had four criteria, and uh, we go through these every episode. Uh, Game one would be Game Leverage Index, which they borrowed from Baseball Reference, which measures how close the game is on each play and how likely the next play is to shift each team's chances of winning. A game that's close for nine innings and won by a walk-off in the 10th will rate far better than one in which a team jumps out early in the first inning and runs away with the game. The Championship Leverage Index, they borrowed from Baseball Gage. It's a light game leverage, but it's mainly about the series itself. Obviously, a seven-game series is more exciting and will rate much better than a four-zero sweep. Right. Shout out the 1990
2: Cincinnati yeah, Reds. Yeah, no doubt. One
0: of our best episodes ever. Check it out in the archives wherever you get your uh, Steel Toes and Scoreboards podcast. Uh, number three criteria is how memorable the series was. Uh, the 1988 World Series wasn't that close and wasn't that great, but it produces instant recall for what? Kurt? Kurt Gibson. Kurt Gibson's home run. Yeah. And All then,
1: and yep.
0: then the last, <laughs> the last criteria is uh, basically just how significant, in theory,
1: this World Series was. Uh, now, I will say I don't. Sometimes I don't quite agree with these guys. Yeah, I, we I mean,
0: we we've done some where. Uh, they ranked the 1990 World Series in, like, what was it the 100th and something overall, 90th something yeah, overall in that yeah. category?
1: I mean, it was. Because it was. A, it, it was. It was a 4-0 sweep, sweep for the domi- other team. Dominate. The team that dominated was not supposed to dominate. Yeah. So, which made it. Yeah, I thought it was a good World Series. Uh,
0: so, uh, with that being said, let's, let's get into it. And this is going to be a little bit interesting, Puss, because of the simple fact that we don't have no – playoffs to really postseason really go to it's pretty much yeah. Cat, katie bar the door right into the world series right, so right. so this might be our shortest world series episode of all time depending on how much me and kurt dick around which we've been known to do <laughs> but uh all right uh, you ready yeah I'm ready. okay yeah uh i'm excited this one actually uh the first time i heard about the 68 world series i was it was i was probably about 10 so we're looking right. at about 97 right. and uh you know, the internet's really starting to get going at that time. Right. And uh, thank God for old vi- videotapes and. Yeah, absolutely. Everything. This was actually not. This was an interesting World Series. It was actually fairly. Yeah. Uh, especially the pitching. Yeah, and a lot of stars shine. A lot of stars shine. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, a lot of stars were made breakout stars in this. Uh,
1: yes, yes.
0: Uh, but mainly, what's the one thing about baseball that gets me more excited than anything? Pitching. Pitching. And defense. This World Series was about pitching. Yeah. So For sure. Alright, so the 68 season started on April 12th and ended on October 10th and 68. Now, what's interesting about the 68 season is this was the last year pre-expansion in which the teams that finished in first place in each league went directly to the World Series to face each other for the World Championship. The playoff system was developed and debuted in the 1969 season with the addition of four expansion teams to the leagues. Both the AL and the NL would then be divided into two six-man divisions with the winners competing in a league championship series. Now, this was also featured the most dominant pitching year of modern era because in 1968, Major League Baseball referred to that and has in history called that the year of the pitcher. Uh, something else worthy of note, uh, just for history buffs. Kurt loves these deep facts. Uh, this was also the first season for the Athletics in Oakland after they had left Kansas City in 1967. Okay. And one of Kurt's other favorite things is when I talk about money and the inflation <laughs> yeah. difference. Yeah. The rookie minimum salary was seven thousand dollars in 1967, and it increased. It increased to. $10,000 for the 1968 season. So in 2023 money, a rookie salary of 10000 would be the equivalent of almost $88,000. Wow. Scratch. A little bit of scratch. A little bit of scratch, yeah. Now we were talking earlier. To me, just, that, to me that's a lot of scratch. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> $88,000. it take me and you three years to make yeah, that kind of yeah,
1: money. Shit. Uh,
0: We was talking just a couple minutes ago about 1968 was the year of the pitcher, right? Right. Uh, In Major League Baseball, the trend throughout the 60s was of increased pitching dominance caused by a larger strike zone, starting in 1963, which they say ran from the top of the armpit down to your bottom of your knee. Hmm. That's a huge strike zone. It
1: is a big strike zone, but it is a
0: hitting game, though. It is a hitting game uh but this uh what they consider a delicate power balance between offense and defense increased
1: tipped the scales tipped the, the scales to 68
0: bob gibson would set a modern era record of 1.12 a record that's regarded that's to be unbreakable good. today that's pretty good i don't think it would be broken no. 1.12 that's uh, insane i broke it on MLB it. 2K well, 2013. But, I mean, it might have been easy right, difficulty, yeah. and I might have made myself 99 overall. <laughs> right, right. And, right. you know, when when 30% of your pitch count on your day in the mound is uh, EFAS pitches coming in at 56 miles an right. hour, 30 inches of fucking break, I right. mean, nobody's going to hit that. Right. So, I mean, I, I beat Bob Gibson's record. <laughs> but, sure bet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, but no, uh, today he, I don't think that. At uh, 1.12. 1, that's insane. That's
1: a, that's a good day at the office. That's several good days at the office, for sure.
0: Um, now, he also, which we'll get into as we get into the World Series, he broke a Sandy Koufax record, too. He And when he broke Sandy Koufax's record during the World Series, which we'll get to, Bob Gibson to this day still has a standing world series record of 17 strikeouts in the first game.
1: That's pretty impressive. He yeah.
0: sat down 17. Yeah,
1: the, the, the guys were like, "Whoa." <laughs> He's doing it. And he
0: made it look effortless. Effort, yeah.
1: You know, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Uh,
0: now, his opponent, Denny McClain of the D- Detroit Tigers, won a 31 regular season games. During the regular season, the only player to reach the 30-win milestone since, and we're going way back, Dizzy Dean in 1934. Cardinal? Who Dizzy? Dizzy? I don't remember who Dizzy played for. Don Drysdale of the Dodgers scored six consecutive shutout games in May and June, ending up with 58 and two-thirds scoreless innings, a record that stood... Until 1998 for the Dodgers when it was broken by... Look at the big brain on Commissioner Kelly. <laughs> now, another player, a pitcher in the World Series, Mickey Lolich, won three complete games. He, did, he won three complete games. Not just coming in relief and right, getting a decision. Right, three right. complete games. The lefty, wasn't he? Yes. Yep. Louis Tiant of the Cleveland Indians had the AL's lowest ERA at 160, and his uh, opponent's batting average was a .168. That's
1: pretty demoralizing for a lineup right there.
0: But that record was smashed by Pedro Martinez in 2000. Cool. What's interesting here, and we have talked at length about this before, uh, Justin Verlander in uh, 2012, so about 11 years ago, We've talked about this before. Both MVPs for that year were pitchers. Pitchers don't win MVP. MVPs. That's why you have a Cy Young. That's right. But as some people have mentioned in message boards across the interwebs, <laughs> I mean, you know, who's better? So. Right. Right. Uh, 339 shutouts were recorded in 1,619 regular season games for 1968. All uh, pitches down, huh? The Cardinals alone pitched 30 shutouts that year, the most in the majors. The 472 runs allowed by the Cardinals remains the lowest total ever recorded by a major league team in a 162-game
1: season. Well, what's ironic is, as we'll get into you. I think a lot of the scores in this World Series were
0: Yes, they were. Uh, high scoring games. Yes. Now. But you are correct. Hitting was down.
1: <coughs> uh it's got something to do with the strike zone, I'm sure. Uh let's see here. What do I got in here? The AL's
0: collective slugging average was three thirty-nine and uh, remains the lowest since 1915, which was the so-called dead ball era of uh, baseball. Huh. Kurt, you want to explain to everybody what the dead ball era was? I really don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm
1: just fucking with you. Explain to me dude. that
0: was uh, that was considered when players were not that focused. What the way I was always taught when I was in uh, League, Little League, uh, if this is still correct, if I can remember right, the dead ball era was uh, guys weren't going out raking home runs all the time. Guys weren't that athletically gifted back Uh, then. uh, Guys were just hitting to get on base. It uh, wasn't hitting to, you know, smash it through a fucking car window in the parking lot. So uh, small ball, small ball. Okay. Uh, The Chicago White Sox scored only 463 runs during the regular season and were shut out though a league high 23 times. Ouch. Uh, The shutout record was eclipsed. This shutout record was eclipsed in 72 by the Texas Rangers, who were shut out 26 times. Uh, Now, after the 1968 season, the Rules Committee wanted to restore balance between pitching and hitting. They restored the pre-1963 strike zone and lowered the height of the pitching mound from 15 to 10 inches.
1: So Okay, I mean, I don't know what that... What would that gain or lose as far as hitting goes? Who knows the height of the mound? I'm not really sure. I guess the trajectory of the ball. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Probably. So
0: let's uh, let's jump into it. Let's. Yeah. I mean, there's not. Uh, I did not find a ton of 1968 Cardinals regular season information, All Right. and I. I gave my own personal opinion on this, I guess because uh, they were Mike Tyson to Detroit Tigers Buster Douglas, and everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, Thirty years, 33 years ago yesterday, Douglas knocked Tyson's ass out. Right. And I was talking to Kurt with that before we went on air about that, so that's where I drew that reference from. But I, I can't find that much about the 68 regular season as follows, as full-length articles written about right. it. I guess it was just assumed... They were gonna go back to back and beat the Tigers and that's did they play a full season that year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the so the nineteen sixty eight St. Louis Cardinal was the team's eighty seventh season in St. Louis and their seventy seventh season in the National League, as we all know, they spent ten years in the AL. They went ninety seven and sixty five during the season. They won their second consecutive pennant by nine games over the San Francisco Giants. What's interesting of note here is 1968 would be the last time St. Louis would see Major League Baseball's postseason until 1982, which would be a 14-year drought. The 1982, the Harvey Wallbangers. Yeah, Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers, which was another one we missed the boat on last year. We'll have to circle back to get it. I'd like to. What is interesting, one thing I found out, by August 1st of 68. They had built a 15-game lead atop the NL, and, yeah. Run away with it. Yeah. Now – NL
1: West? I didn't look at what the divisions were. Yeah, I wonder what the alignments were that Um, interesting.
0: Fun fact, Kurt. All right. Following the season, Major League Baseball announced plans to split both the National and American Leagues into East and West divisions, starting – In 1969, in order to accommodate two new franchises to each league, the Cardinals were assigned into the NL East. Originally, the Cardinals were in the NL West. However, the New York Mets, wanting to compensate for the loss of home games against the Los Angeles Dodgers and the San Francisco Giants, desired three extra games against the Cardinals, the two time defending National League champions. The Cardinals were thus moved to the NL East along with the Cubs who wished to maintain their long-standing rivalry with St. Louis. The Atlanta Braves and the Cincinnati Reds were shifted to the NL West despite both being east of St. Louis and Chicago, a configuration that was maintained until 1993 when we again had okay. a realignment. Okay. Now, talking about Bob Gibson again briefly. So, Gibson won the MVP and the Cy Young in 68. With a 1.12 ERA, 22 wins, 268 strikeouts. That's raking. Or you always (laughs) say raking. As I'd say, that's dealing. That's dealing. From June 2nd to July 30th, so almost two months, he only allowed two earned runs and 92 innings pitched. For the season, opposing batters had a batting average of 1.84. And their on-base percentage against Bob Gibson was only a 2.33. You don't see that today? No. No, not at all. He was that dominant. Now, Gibson also won a gold glove this year, as did shortstop Dale Maxville and outfielder uh, Kurt Lou Flood. Brock. Oh, Kurt Flood? Kurt Flood.
2: Yeah.
0: Now, like I said, aside from this, there isn't m- much information I could pull about the Cardinals or what it is, I don't huh? I just couldn't I, I mean I was I was in my Google machine for everything and I'm just striking out striking out striking out and I could just think huh. they were suspected to win they didn't win so it was like Ugh. but now I did find a shitload of stuff about Detroit and uh, we are going to move to Detroit and uh, just a second here this is gonna be our quickest World Series ever. <laughs> All right, guys. So check out Black Rifle Coffee Company. This is uh, Kurt and I love anything that's veteran owned. And although they've started to really grow in stature and sales and everything, it's still at the heart of it is a veteran owned company. Uh, they've got check them out on Facebook. Check them out on their .coms. Uh, anywhere they got cool swag for men and women. Awesome coffee, tremendous energy drinks. I drink the shit out of their espresso energy drinks. Uh, there's a little something for everybody. Uh, check out Black Rifle Coffee Company. They are nice enough. They sent us a free four pack of their uh, of their drinks uh, about a year ago because I was talking about them on the podcast or I message them. Not like not like we got enough pull. We're not Joe Rogan or nothing. <laughs> we you know, but still. So uh, check out Black Rifle Coffee Company, guys. Kurt's thinking you could have saved me one of those energy drinks. Uh, he don't drink energy I don't drinks.
1: Drink energy
0: drink, no. All right, puss. So the 68 Tigers finished the regular season with a record of 103 and 59 in their 68th season in existence. Damn. Uh, 68 would see them get their eighth pennant, though. That was their eighth pennant in club history.
1: I mean, 90 wins usually is like, well, that's a good season.
0: But That's what me and you have always set the measuring stick. Yeah. by. You get 100 wins in a season. Even though it's 162 games, you get 100 wins in a season. That's pretty good. That's pretty good baseball. Now, what's interesting, as the same as it was for St. Louis, pitching for Detroit is what set them apart from other teams in the league. Mm. Um, Denny McClain had a remarkable season in 68. He went 31-6 and with a 1.96 ERA. Won the Cy Young, was an All Star, won
1: the AL Most Valuable Player. You'll never see uh, anybody win thirty games again, will you? <laughs> no. Not with the way so, pitching is. Today, talk about
0: MLB two K again. Yeah. I had to push to be able able to start thirty games in yeah, a season. That's the way it is now, yeah. Because of the way the the management is and the, right. the
1: computer, like I had to right. push.
0: Like I started thirty one games. I didn't win thirty one right. games.
1: Right. But so that's crazy to think about. it. Think the about baseball the old, back then, they're just guys were built different. Yeah, well, think about even further back than that. Uh, guys used to pitch nine innings. I mean, it wasn't that for the one pitcher to pitch the whole game, you know, no matter what score was.
0: Yeah, but that's the that's, thing. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, that's a, that's we'll, an
0: error in baseball.
1: We'll never see another 30-game winner.
0: No. no. You'll get 20s, right. but you won't ever see anybody get out of the I, 20s.
1: I'll be surprised. I mean, you'd have to go 30-0, wouldn't you? Pretty much.
0: Damn near. All right.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Hey.
0: Now, uh, McLean also won game six of the World Series. Now, what's interesting about Denny McLean is he's the only pitcher since nineteen thirty four to win thirty games in a season. Now, uh, he was pro- he was at his best from what I can find in the research. He 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 was doing his best stuff in sixty eight. Uh, He pitched 336 innings
1: during the regular season. That's just crazy. Isn't it? I I'm, I can just see the look on your face right what now. Mean, You're like, well, I mean, you, you compare back and forth to, you know, present day, and then back then, that's just insane.
0: Nolan Ryan, and for those out there that don't believe me, get in your Google machine. I'm pretty sure Nolan Ryan has got the record set in the 70s for most I mean, innings pitched in a season. Maybe not. So, or maybe it's strikeouts. Nolan Ryan's got one of them.
1: With yeah, 372,
0: yeah, I mean, it's either innings or strike. You know what?
1: Yeah, I mean, Nolan Ryan, though. I mean, you know what? We're, we're going to Google it Yeah, it we're
0: going to Google machine Google this, guys. It when it down, most innings pitched in the MLB regular season.
2: According to Wikipedia, the most innings pitched in a live ball season was Wilbur Woods' 376 to the power of two three innings in 1972.
0: Power of idiot. <laughs> 376 to third 70. So Nolan Ryan's got the strikeouts in a 372. Improve. Most strikeouts in an MLB regular season.
2: Matt Kilroy. What the fuck? To some information I found on baseball-reference.com,
0: what? 513. What? That's in the like n- 1890s and <laughs> early 90s. I'm talking about Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan's strikeouts regular season record. 383.
2: According to baseball-reference.com. In 1973, Ryan eclipsed Sandy Koufax's single-season record for strikeouts, recording 383, a mark which still stands.
0: I want to point out, I said 372, so I was pretty damn close. Pretty damn close. And I said somewhere in the 70s, so I get credit for that,
1: all you listeners. Yes. I love baseball. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, me, too. It's a shame it's in this shape in. That's yeah. why
0: you're Commissioner Ke- Look, they're listening to our nah, show. They're, start, they're starting the pitch clock this year. I, I mean, they stole that I, idea I, right I, from I, you. I
1: agree, for sure. They stole it from Commissioner Kelly. We got to speed the game up a little bit.
0: <sighs> <laughs> now, McLean's 68 World Series game wasn't that great. Uh, he lost games one and four against Bob Gibson, but he did win the crucial game six on just two days rest, holding the Cardinals to one run in a 13-1 to ass-pounding. Uh, yeah. The Tigers' number two starter, Mickey Lolich, just allowed five World Series runs in three complete games, winning all three, including the final and decisive Game Seven. Lolich also helped himself at the plate when he hit the only home yeah. run of his 16-year career. Uh,
1: hit it pretty good too. I yeah, mean, he yeah, he was. I whopped mean, just it, it, man. Whopped it. I yeah. watched it. Yeah. Uh,
0: of course, he was given the World Series MVP for his performance. Now during the regular season, Lolich was seventeen and nine with one hundred ninety-seven strikeouts and a three point one nine ERA, which respectable, respectable. Yes, even in today's standard. Well, yes. I mean, you've always said you get an ERA that's under three fifty; you're doing pretty good for yeah, a season. Yeah. You know, that's, absolutely. Uh, now what's interesting during uh, towards the end of the season and late summer, they put Lolich in the bullpen after a few poor performances and then eventually he became back to pitch well now I, as I'm going through their starters here before the regular before the World Series their th- third starter was a guy named Earl Wiss Earl Wilson excuse me yeah. now he had a, he he was pretty much about 500 here he was 13 right. and 12 for the season
1: right. it's not yeah. really I mean you're you're to the plus by one but yeah I mean at that point they're probably looking to get innings
0: but he had a respectable 285 ERA it's not
1: bad that means they was coordinating runs for him. Now he was
0: known at the time as one of the more dominant power hitters among the pitchers. Right, uh, back in the day. Back in the day, hey, me and your old school pitchers, what they got a bat? The pitchers
1: got a bat. You pencil them in the lineup. They got a swing it's, a bat.
0: I mean, the hey, DH is great. Everybody likes seeing yeah, long ball, yeah, but I'm yeah. old. But like, I like watching it too. But I'm old school. My preference pitchers back
1: back then they did bat and it was good hitters back then i don't see why these guys couldn't be good hitters today
0: wilson would hit seven home runs and 88 at bats
1: in 68 that's pretty impressive if you do the numbers
0: there now now check this out wilson's at bat to home ratio was 12.57 was higher than any other player in major league baseball higher than than even
1: the home run leaders of the season, which was Frank Howard and Willie Horton. I mean, that's pretty good. In ninety at bats, say you hit seven home runs. That's pretty pretty impressive.
0: Now, their number four starter was a guy named Joe Sparma. He was a uh, he was the starting quarterback. I found out huh? for the nineteen sixty one Ohio State team. Uh, in '68, he lost a spot in the rotation after a run-in with the manager, which uh, got a little <laughs> bit of fist to cuffs, and uh, he was pulled from the game. And he made comments about uh, the manager. And well, huh. when they asked him for comments, he said, "I don't want to get into a spitting contest with a skunk." Oh, well, skunk was fighting words back then. Huh? Wow. Uh. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> manager mayo smith decided he wasn't going to start him for several ga- weeks yeah huh so what what but Respect this my authority <laughs> this this is kind of funny listen to this when sparma finally returned to the mound on september 17th of 68 he pitched a one-run game complete game against the yankees to clinch the pennant their feud however between sparma and manager mayo smith continued and he only pitched one third of an inning in the '68 World Series, giving up two earned runs for a point, or for a five four ERA in postseason play. Uh, play. Huh. So, uh, and then of course I've I've got some stuff in here about uh, some of the offensive players. Uh, Bill Freehand, the catcher, posted career highs with twenty five home runs and eighty four RBIs. He broke his own records with uh, 971 putouts huh. and a thousand and fifty total chances uh, which were al records until they were broke by the 97 Seattle Mariners team now freehand was hit by a pitch 24 times in 68 which at the time was a
1: record damn Don Baylor would crush that record didn't he <sighs> I think Don Baylor was like was the King getting hit or something uh you know you know don't buy right Don Baylor no. Uh Alex T he played for California Angels back then and I think the Boston Red Sox.
2: The Red Sox?
1: I think he played for the Red Sox in the end of his career, yeah. Great big hmm. dude. He stand right up on the plate.
0: Freem would end up finishing second in the sixty eight AL MVP behind his teammate McLean. First baseman Storman Norman.
1: <laughs> Cash.
0: Norm Cash. <clears throat> uh he was probably arguably the most popular player on the team right now for the regular season he hit 268 with 25 home runs despite only playing in 127 games and in the 68 World Series as which we will go through when we get there he was hitting 385
1: right he was raking
0: that's 10 for 26. Yeah. that's uh
1: he was definitely raking for yeah. sure. so okay where we at?
0: Um, shortstop Ray. Is that Euler?
1: Ray Aller. Well, How's it spelled? Like that? I hey, if we mispronunciation. It. I would call it Euler myself. I don't. Well,
0: anyway, shortstop Ray.
1: All right, Euler.
0: <laughs> 21 <laughs> singles. Uh, and, and for uh career low batting average, one point, so they didn't have all hot
1: bats. I mean, that position there usually had, back then was mostly defense, wasn't it?
0: A lot of it, yeah. yeah I mean,
1: the shortstop didn't hit much back in. Left
0: fielder Willie Horton, all
1: right, led the way
0: among outfielders in 68, 36 home runs, 278 bases, 5.43 slugging percentage. Second in the AL behind only Frank Howard. In a year where the league batting average was only 230, Horton's what? two Yeah. For because it was the year of the pitcher. Right. The AL batting average for the season was two thirty. <laughs> Horton was hitting two eighty-five. Uh, he finished fourth in the MVP voting. Uh, in the World Series, he batted three oh four. Uh, Centerfielder Mickey Stan for uh, Stanley uh, won a gold glove and led outfielders with a perfect 1,000 fielding percentage. Oh,
1: Can you imagine damn, not having one error? That's pretty impressive, error, folks. Did it say how many chances he had? No.
2: Mm, uh,
1: no. Why would he put that in there? Don't I don't know. Know, freaking know. All right. That's all right. That's still pretty impressive. I don't care if it was 100 chances. Yeah. I mean,.
0: Prior to 1968, Stanley had been mostly used as a backup, but an injury to Al Al Kaline expanded his playing time as Jim Northrup moved to right field. There was something in here I seen. Oh, the manager just moved a bunch of players around. Check this out. Uh, Manager Mayo Smith made one of the most talked about managerial moves in baseball history, moving... Mickey Stanley to shortstop for the last nine games of the regular season and all seven games of the World Series. The move also allowed Smith to play both Al Al Kaline and Northrup in the outfield position. Stanley had not played the shortstop position prior to 68, but was a talented athlete with a gold glove. Though Stanley made two errors in the World Series, neither error led to a scoring run. In its quote-unquote end-of-the-century series, ESPN rated Mayo Smith's decision to move Stanley to shortstop for the World Series one of the ten greatest coaching decisions of any sport. Uh,
1: okay. Just something of interesting. Huh. That's pretty impressive, though. Yeah, I mean, come in from the outfield to play shortstop, there's a lot of responsibility. When you've not
0: had a lot of, well, there's, talk talk about that. You know a more lot a lot lot about
1: responsibility at shortstop. You're the you're leader of the infield, basically. I mean. You're the cutoff guy. You need to tell people who, you know, where they need to be. It's a pretty important position there, for sure. And I, I can't, I can't imagine him playing center field, coming in and knowing all the responsibilities of a shortstop. But
0: well, who's in charge of the players on the field when you're out there in the outfield?
1: Oh, shortstop is too. I mean, I mean, he's directing all kinds. Of he's things, directing traffic. Right. And the catcher, shortstop, and the catcher are two big, big, big you know components on defense
0: I did a weeknight chronicles episode Friday morning just because I had time to kill and I was already awake and one of the changes that they're getting ready to implement here during spring training for the spring games is they're going to allow pitchers to call their own pitches now which I thought was stupid because they're grown-ass men, not babies. They should be able to throw the types of pitches they want. Oh, I know. They're going to give more freedom to the pitchers in both leagues this season because I guess what's going to happen is they're going to be wearing – supposedly, if I, if I understood this right, they're going to be wearing wristbands similar to like what the QBs wear, Yeah, but they're going to be able to signal to the pitcher what they're getting ready to throw, but they're going to start to be allowed to call their own pitches more, which – I think it's great, but I also think it's uh, fucking stupid. How's, because the,
1: how's the catcher going to know what's coming?
0: Apparently, it's supposed to be a signal.
1: Okay, because I mean, I see a lot of times where the pitcher and the catcher get crossed up. You know? They they do get crossed and up. I, it happens. And then
0: <laughs> and then say, Katie, bar the door because you got one flying out of left or, center field.
1: Right. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. It'll be interesting. I don't know. I mean, how's the catcher going to know what's coming?
0: Supposedly what they were doing prior as of late was the catcher was signaling to the pitcher, not with finger signs anymore, but uh, he the, the catcher was pressing a button on one of their pads, which was sending an electronic sound chimer oh. into the ear of the pitcher, similar to how the coaches are calling plays oh. into the quarterback's helmet.
1: Well, now we're going to have headsets on the field?
0: I Fuck, I don't know i'm interested to see this yeah. they're gonna try it in spring training in some of the leagues see how it does and if it goes well they're gonna they might debut it for the start of the regular season
1: i mean i'm all for i mean that's why a pitcher would shake a guy off i mean if he didn't want have, yeah
0: you know you see him up there on the mound yeah, they're no, shaking their head he, no. yeah
1: i mean that that was working right i mean i st- mean i guess it, stopping
0: where we're at for a minute don't you think that pitchers are grown-ass men yeah they're high-paid guns, and
1: they've got a. I'm sure that they they've got a way, a certain way they want to pitch guys. I mean, shouldn't
0: they be allowed to, to do what they want? Look at Peyton Manning. What okay in the in the '90s and the early 2000s, what did offensive coordinator Tom Moore and quarterbacks line and quarterbacks coach uh, Howard Mudd do? Moore would call in three plays to Peyton's right, headset, right. and they had such faith in Peyton. Right. Versus some of the other quarterbacks in the league, they had so much faith in Peyton. They'd call in three plays, and then right. Peyton would pick the
1: late. Peyton well, picked mean,
0: the play at the line of scrimmage based on what he read on the defense.
1: I'm sure Peyton, he could probably draw a play up in the, on the field in the dirt too. I mean, he was that good. I mean,
0: hey, fun fact: I'm still waiting on Peyton to take Peyton
1: to take a coaching gig somewhere. Uh, I mean, the Colts are
0: looking for one.
1: You think he will? I think he'd make a good coach. Yeah. He's got good football. Team. I've always said Peyton will be a coach, but apparently I'm wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like he's going to be an announcer. That's what they're kind of... wonder what Tom Brady's going to do. Who cares?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm pretty much. Yeah. Uh. So, skipping ahead a little bit here. One thing I want to point out, and Kurt loves when I want to talk about this. He, he loves this kind of... Uh, Breakdown here. What's interesting is in '68, we weren't in such a high profile free agents come into town and leave. Hired gun, give them a lot of money. They come in, get your championship, they go on to the next town. Uh, the '68 Tigers were known for being homegrown That's because it. they had the same core together since the '65 season. And several players on that team had grown up in Michigan as Tigers fans, such as Will Horton, Bill Freeham,
1: Jim Northrup, Mickey Stanley. I mean, shit, that's a dream right there, wouldn't it be? To play for your home, you know. I win a like, world I championship for your hometown? Cha- yes, and I like the fact that uh, they kept a core group of players together for as long as they did. That's why they won a championship, probably, you know. Might be. Yep
0: got filled time. I
1: got to grab my cup. Oh, uh.
0: I didn't pause the recorder. You just got filled time.
1: Okay. I, and, uh. <laughs> and he's back, folks. Oh, and he's down, folks. And yeah, he's back up, folks. He dropped the mic. <laughs> down goes. Hey,
0: i it's almost like I predicted that was going to happen because I muted my mic before I left. I mean,
1: I, I did notice that. That's pretty impressive right there. Intuition. Well, I muted intuitive. the mi- I muted
0: the mic just in anticipation of what could happen.
1: What anticipate? You got to anticipate. I had, <laughs> I had A coach that would say it all the time in uh, basketball. You got to anticipate.
0: I don't know much about Kirk Kelly, the high school hoops player. I know all about the the uh, Southern Indiana baseball standout.
1: Well, let's just say uh, there's a reason you were stand out in baseball, not basketball. Well, no, I. You see me shoot around. I could get her done. This motherfucker can. Well, I mean, gets, that's another story for another day. I couldn't hit my sack with my own. Never mind. I wasn't tall enough. <laughs> I was too heavy. Good job.
0: All right. So let's. Uh, and as I said, this might be the shortest World Series episode we've done. <laughs> you want to get meat and taters
1: let's get the meat because
0: this is a short world series it's 68 there's no postseason All right meat and taters time kurt says pay a bill before we do meat and taters so let's plug our favorite affordable guitars that everybody loves All right guys check out glary guitars check them out at glarymusic.com. glary is spelled g-l-a-r-r-y very very reasonable and affordable instruments uh mandolins bass guitars violins or fiddles for y'all that like to say fiddle uh acoustic guitars electric guitars uh i bought two of them two years ago uh 80 bucks a piece bought one for my buddy and uh, kurt played it it looks i wouldn't say looks it sounds and plays like a 300 dollars counterpart guitar oh, it sounds really good yeah i call mine a cannon because of how loud it is but uh, seriously, the you know, you're looking to get your youngin' into music. You don't want to spend an arm and a leg. 80 bucks, you can have an acoustic shipped to your house. 80 bucks, you can have an electric ship to your house. So check out Glary Guitars. Oh, puss.
1: Yes, <laughs> Hattio Girl.
0: Hattie Girl. Meat and Taters. What's interesting, too, is this is 1968. All World Series games are played in the daytime. There's no night games yet. That doesn't come until the 80s. So, and we're playing at the original Bush Stadium.
1: Right.
0: So, game one, October 2nd, 1968, Bush Stadium. 54,692 fans in change. Uh, the first pitch thrown out from uh, a little girl named Marianne Peacock. Who is a United Fund poster girl to Tim McCarver. National Anthem sang by St. Louis Public School teacher, a uh, gentleman named Gerald Hutton.
1: So, here we go. Yes, sir.
0: The Tigers started game one by setting a team record with 103 victories on the season. Uh, period in their first World Series in 23 years. We've already talked about that. Uh, Why did I put that shit in there? Uh, the team batting average was 235, fourth best in the league. They only stole 26 bases on the year. The Cardinals stole 110 bases, led the NL with 48 triples, had a team batting average of four, four, uh, 249, hit 73 home runs. The pitching was even. So here we go. So Game one on the mound, Bob Gibson, 22-9, and nine, one one point, or 1.12 ERA, didn't even McClain for the Tigers, thirty-one and six, one point nine six ERA. This is, I mean, this is Tyson and Holyfield right, right here. This right. is Ollie and Foreman, Ollie Frazier right here. So uh, Gibson was lights out in Game One. The right-hander struck out the Tigers on just five. Shut out the Tigers on just five hits. Uh, he struck out a World Series record seventeen batters. Now the Cardinals come alive uh with three runs in the fourth off McLean. After McClain walked Roger Maris, which as I texted you, right, I did not realize. I knew Maris left the Yankees. Right. Kind of had that knowledge you know throughout the years. I didn't really realize that he went to St. Louis. I did not know that. Right. This was Roger Maris's final season yeah. in Major League Baseball. He hung it up after this. Yeah. So uh he walked Maris and Tim McCarver. Then third baseman, Cardinal third baseman, Mike Shannon, singled in Maris and went to second base when Willie Horton made a fielding error. Now, McCarver pulled in at third. Uh, second baseman Julian Javier followed this in by singling both base runners to make it a 3 nothing game. Now, here comes Lou Brock in the outfield. He added a home run in the seventh. And uh, if you've watched the tape, man, he fucking whacked, whacked that it. ball. Yes, he Good. crushed it. I
1: 1968,
0: he just, I mean, he laid I into it like it owed him money. I didn't realize
1: he had that kind of power.
0: I didn't either. I mean, he. Uh, now Gibson would finish the game in the ninth inning with his 15th, 16th, and 17th strikeouts to break Sandy Koufax's uh, record of 15, which was set five years earlier in the 63 World Series. So now the... Uh, the sheet for Game 1 is a 4 0 lead by or a 4-0 game by St. Louis. Now, uh, Detroit did manage five hits, but, you know. Yeah, scattered. Did scattered. Yes. Now, the very next day, October 3rd, 1968, from Bush Stadium, another sellout. Uh, TV personality Marty Bronson did the National Anthem. I uh, don't have any information about the first pitch. So, uh, Tiger starter Mickey Lolich would get a complete game victory, and the Tigers tied the series. This game was really interesting. Game two was it was um, I, I, I was interesting for the fact that they got their they got their PP spanked. Cardinals did. Yeah. Uh, Willie Horton would hit a home run in the second inning. Mickey Lolich also helped his cause, his own cause. Uh, by hitting the only home run in his career in the third inning <laughs> off Cardinal starter Nelson Briles, you know I've yeah. often thought about this, and I'm, I, I, you know where I'm going with this. What the opposing pitcher thinks when they give up a home run to pitcher, to the
1: other pitcher. <laughs> like, uh, well, I mean, I, I've, I've back, often wondered what what well, the uh, back in the day I'd say, at that time, it, I mean, it would not probably spirit of competition. Yeah.
0: Nowadays, you've got guys that get pissed and they beam the next batter yeah, right, right, up. I mean...
1: Right. No, I, I don't know. Yeah. But I, to, I'm sure the clubhouse... To be the pitcher... I'm a, sure the clubhouse was rising him up a little bit. To
0: be the pitcher and you give off a home, give up a home run to the opposing pitcher...
1: Yeah, who never hit one ever, ever.
0: No, because you know Nelson Bryles is looking at this like,
1: I'm just well, go, here comes an easy strikeout. Yeah, I'm just going to throw it in there, make sure I throw it in there for a strike.
0: <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, the Tigers would break the game open in the sixth inning, though, when first baseman Norm Cash led off with another home run uh-huh. and second baseman Dick McCluffy later provided a two-run single. Cardinals first baseman, one of Kurt's favorite players, Orlando
1: Sepeda, Sepeda.
0: gave St. Louis a run with an RBI single on the sixth, but that was all they scored. Now, Al... K-Lines scored in the seventh inning when Jim Northrup hit into a double play, and the Tigers scored the final two runs in the ninth inning with the bases-loaded walks to Dom Wirt and Mickey Lowlich. Bases-loaded walks.
1: Yeah, boy.
0: And that happened a couple of times in this World Series. All right.
1: I no good, man.
0: Talk about – I immediately think piss-poor execution by your pitcher. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, to give up a walk is one thing. Right. To give it up when the bases are loaded and then and, you get a free run.
1: And uh, with the strike zone being expanded that year. Yeah, it, like that's, uh,
0: from your armpit to your knee.
1: Yeah. That's I, a good. It sounds like lack of execution to me, especially with the strike zone being that big. It's crazy. In this case here. Yeah.
0: So the box score for game two ends up like this. It's a 8-1 it's a, uh, win. Detroit. Detroit had 13 hits to the Cardinals sixth. Both team committed errors in this game. So now we're going to take we're going to take two days off and we're going to we're going to head to Detroit, Michigan. Motor City the Motor City. So October 5th, 1968, from Tiger Stadium with an estimated 53,634 people. A little bit smaller than what was in St. Louis. In the first of three at Tiger Stadium, Al Kaline Kaline started the scoring with a two-run homer in the third inning. But the Cardinals would come back in the fifth inning on an RBI double by Mr. Kurt Flood off of Earl Wilson. Now, after Earl Wilson would put another batter on base, catcher Tim McCarver launched. Uh, and if you, again, if you watch the, the clips, you can find the film clips of the 68 World Series. It's the highlight video. Uh, McCarver fucking bombed one. Three run home run uh, off of relief pitcher Pat Dobson. Now, the Tigers would cut the deficit to just one run on a home run by Dick McCluffy. Uh, but Orlando Sepeda put the game out of reach in the seventh by smacking a three run home run. Cardinals reliever Joe Horner entered the game in the sixth in relief for Ray Washburn and earned a save. Now, Horner would also collect a single batting in the eighth inning and become the first major leaguer to ever get a hit in the World Series after going hitless for the entire season. So the box score for game three of the 68 World Series is just simply uh, it was a reversal of fortune from the couple days before St. Louis would win 7-3, to where they would manage 13 hits as Detroit would only smack the ball four times. Kurt's texting. We're giving him a break here for just a minute.
1: I'm back. <laughs> shut it up.
0: Everybody, you don't have to shut your phone off.
1: No, I just shut up. That's right. I'm done with it now.
0: Everybody, I am so happy. My co-host has a new phone. And it's actually uh, a good one. Uh, he can oh. actually really watch <laughs> YouTube videos now. I can send him. He can do all yeah. kinds of
1: shit. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I had to break down and get a new phone.
0: Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Game four, the next day, October 6th of 68. We're still in Tiger Stadium. National Anthem, sang by Marvin Gaye. Ooh, let's get it on! <laughs> As I sit here rubbing my nipples, and Kurt's like, "What <laughs> yeah. the fuck, bro?" Uh,
1: hello, hello. Uh,
0: no oh, first good. pitch information for you, unfortunately. <laughs> so, so here's what we. So here's uh, something interesting. So, Tiger manager Mayo Smith needing another left-handed bat in the lineup made a change by inserting veteran Eddie Matthews at third base. Matthews was recovering from a spine operation that almost ended his career. Had one hit in the last game of his Major League career. A 35-minute rain delay would stop the game for a while, and Hall of Famer Hank Greenberg would throw out the first pitch. There's the first pitch information. Hmm. Now, Diddy McClain had trouble warming up uh, uh, with all the rainfall going on and was throwing uh, not as hard as he normally does. Now, as we mentioned earlier, uh, McLean was the 31-game winner during the regular season. He struggled for the second time in this World Series as this one-sided matchup against Bob Gibson, this rematch we had from Game 1, uh, was becoming glaring. Lou Brock led off with a home run, and Mike Shannon added an RBI single later in the first inning. Two more Cardinals runs were knocked in in the third inning on Tim McCarver's triple and Mike Shannon's double. Well, it gets bad for Denny McClain from there. As uh, a walk to Julian Julian Javier, Javier, the umpire stopped the game due to rain with two out in the third inning. When the game resumed an hour and a half later, McLean did not return to the lineup. Bob Gibson did come back, however, and would help maintain the lead he had started by hitting a home run off of Joe Sparma in the fourth inning. And the very next, Lou Brock knocked a triple and scored on a ground out by Roger Maris. The Cardinals' final runs came in the eighth inning when Gibson walked with the bases loaded, forcing in one run, and then Lou Brock drove in three more runs with a double. Brock was a single short of hitting for the cycle wow. in this game. Damn. The Tigers' only run came in the fourth inning when Jim Northrup hit a home run. Gibson gave
1: up a home run. Uh, yeah.
0: at, at that rate, I mean, who gives a fuck? I mean, every a while,
1: you're going to run into one of them, you know? Yeah.
0: Now, Gibson would toss his second complete game in this World Series, striking out 10 batters. And the Cardinals now had a 3-1 series lead. So it's pretty much all but over. Looking pretty bleak. All but over for the 68 Detroit Tigers. Box score, St. Louis 10-1, 13 hits
1: to Detroit's five. Detroit committed four errors in this game. So they scattered another five hits. And give up another run. That's spot on by Bob Gibson there. I mean What okay. And he hit a home run. Heck.
0: You're not born yet. No. My dad's only like seven months old, so I'm really not born yet. Right. But let's hop in our time machine. Me and you. All right. We're going back to sixty eight. Sunday, going? October 6, sixty eight.
1: Motor city, Motor city. Yeah. You know,
0: so that was that was the end of Game Four there.
1: What's the yeah?
0: What are you? Let's see. Let's see. So that's the end of Game Four there. St. Louis got a three-one yeah. lead. What are you? What are you thinking? I mean, you're just watching this. We're there. We've seen it happen live.
1: Well, three-one
0: uh, series lead. Well, and, and and in this very last game, Game Four, Detroit only managed one run off five hits, and they committed four errors.
1: Uh, looking like Katie barred the door.
0: Katie, I love saying that. Katie barred uh, the door.
1: If you know, for sure, for sure, if Gibson comes back around to pitch again. You know,
0: which you know
1: he's going.
0: <coughs> he's probably not going to because right. they've got this series one, right. right? So basically, they've got one more game. It, it, it's elimination if they don't. Right. You know.
1: I mean, yeah, maybe they can win. And tied up, if Bob Gibson comes back to pitch again, it's over for sure. Right. Way, you know, the he's been going. What well, we we'll just have to see here? So,
0: we've got one more game, third night in a row in Detroit before we go back to St. Right. Louis.
1: Odds, so, odds are definitely against Detroit. Oh, right? yeah.
0: So, game five. And this game played a pivotal part in this series, obviously for the simple fact of, you know, they staved off elimination, and we got to a Game 7. But there was a particular play in this game, which we're going to break down here in a minute, that... Uh, momentum shift? Momentum shift. And I, and momentum shift the in a Mo. Don Dinkager, 1985, Cardinals, Royals way. Right. Not so much that there was, you know, bad calls, but it, it was just that sort I, of momentum changer. I, I know changer.
1: Which play you're going to be talking Talk about. Talking about
0: the call at the plate, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, we'll get to that. So we're at Tiger Stadium, another sellout. Goose Goslin, not Goose Gossage. Right. Goose Goslin threw out the first pitcher. Uh, we have a very nice Hispanic gentleman, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, who <laughs> did the national anthem. His first name is Jose. 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 I miss Jose.
1: Jose. Fe-
0: fe- Feliciano? Feliciano? Feliciano?
1: Feliciano.
0: Philosophical? I don't know. Yep. We just call him Jose. Uh, Jose. Hey, you tell Jose tomorrow right. I miss Jose. Uh, I will, man. My friend. I drove by his house yesterday. I almost wanted to stop. Jose Bond. One Jose. One Jose. He said, you very good friend to me. <laughs> hey. He said, you eat so much, buddy. <laughs> I said, you eat too, you little fat fucker. <laughs> I know. He rubbed his belly. I lazy today. <laughs> Have big lunch. Jose, since I don't work with Kurt anymore, Jose is our uh, good man. friend from work, yeah. our uh, he is, uh, he's El Salvadorian, yeah, and he's probably one of the five or six most down to earth, genuine, honest people I've yeah. ever met in my yeah. life. Yeah. He's a good friend of mine. I'm, I miss you, Jose. <laughs> you tell Jose tomorrow, I, will I miss Jose him. You tell
1: Jose, you miss him,
0: okay, very much. Very much. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt told me earlier tonight, he said, Jose asks about you all the time. Yes, all right, here we go. So, the pivotal game five, world series on the line. win or go home. Right. The Tigers went to their game two winner, Mickey Lolich as their pitcher. Lolich's first inning in this game did not look good as he allowed an RBI single to Kurt Flood and a two-run home run to even though this guy was playing before Kurt, Kurt was born, Kurt grew up to be a fan of Orlando Cepeda as am I. Cepeda had a two-run blast. Right. Okay. But Lolich, you know, Jitters right. got it settled down and then he would retire eight Cardinal batters with strikeouts, allowing no more runs. Tigers first baseman Norm Cash. Here we go. I need a good drink. I'm excited because we're, we're getting ready we're getting ready to approach the pivotal moment right, that changed. Right. Had this moment not happened,
1: over, I think. Yeah, I've
0: I know. Uh, I, the, I mean if it, if it didn't end on this night it would
1: have ended right right another because but this, this really, was a momentum killer it really swung the momentum yeah. there. I mean big time the big mo All right so let's go
0: Tigers first baseman Norm Cash began the team comeback with a sacrifice fly in the fourth inning by plating Mickey Stanley who tripled by the way I don't know how you feel I never asked you I'm a huge proponent of sacrifice flies I, mean, I think I think it's one of the most exciting plays in base. Yeah, sure, you're fucking not getting on base, but you know what? If this goes according to plan, your sacrifice fly, you're the hero for that game.
1: That's pretty huge. I mean, yeah, it so, shows a little back control, too, actually.
0: I don't think. I, I, I couldn't pull it off successfully. <laughs> uh, so this was followed by a Willie Horton triple and Jim Northrup's R.B.S. Triples, single. A lot of triples. Yeah, As you know sports. that.
1: Yeah, I noticed that. No. You don't get that in baseball these days anymore. No, uh-uh. It's the
0: rarest of the cycle.
1: Definitely a long run. I'll just put it that away.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in the fifth inning, the Cardinals had a chance to go up by two runs after Lou Brock hit a one-out double. Okay? Here we go, folks. Cardinals, second baseman, Julian Javier, Javier. followed with a base hit to left field. Outfielder Willie Horton fielded the ball off the ground, and then fired the ball towards home plate. Now, instead of sliding into home plate, right? Which nine out of every ten play? No, fuck that. Ten of all ten players would have <laughs> slid into home plate. Lou Brock decided to let his nuts hang, and he's just gonna plow into Bill Free and just plow him the fuck right. over. Right? Okay. in, which Brock didn't really think about this. Caught and held on the ball and was blocking the corner of the plate with his foot. And they plowed into each yep. other and Lou Brock was called out. Well, this would be the last times of this game that the Cardinals would, you know, threaten to score. Right. Uh, and it, then chaos ensues because. Uh,
1: did he ever tag him? No. That's where it's at right there.
0: I don't even know if. I don't even. I know it was in the highlights, but I don't but, know if, if i can find that so
1: he flipped over the back the whole in plate. a clip
0: or not pretty much let me see if i can find that in just a clip
1: i mean i lou brock game
0: five i hear old luck over
1: hey,
0: Bubba. oh yeah here we go here we go this is an awesome clip. Now, this is actually from uh, Major League Baseball, so it'll be good clear audio. Right. It's not from somebody else's page. Can you see it?
1: Yeah. He's also stolen seven bases and has hit two home runs. Javier, curveball, hit hard out of the left field. Good, good hit.
2: hit. Base Horton may have a at Here comes the throw. Don lets it go, and he runs over three and they got it.
0: Does he ever tell you? I don't, let's see, see the replay. Not that shadow at home plates kill him. It's hard to Line see. To Horton, and, Horton
2: charges, and I said I thought he had a shot at block, even though he can fly and rock. Maybe? And That's maybe. awful close.
0: He never
1: hit the plate. Why didn't he slide? Luke Brock never hit the home plate.
0: Why didn't he slide? He didn't he
1: slide? I don't know.
0: A little football.
1: There's uh, the flood. Skipper. Huh? Huh? A lot of shit going on right there. So I, I, let's let, let's break this out. down just a little bit more. He was out. Why didn't he slide? I think it cost him for sure that okay. he didn't. Here,
0: here's here's my thought.
1: It was a hell of a throw. I mean, one hop, perfect throw. That was a
0: beautiful fucking throw from Willie Horton. Yeah, it was. Here's here's the deal. They have a chance. They're going to go up by two runs.
1: I mean, if he slides away from uh, the guy blocking the plate there and comes in and sweeps with his hand uh, head first, that's a run all day.
0: They're going to go up by two runs if he scores. Right. I believe that's going to be like taking all the wind out of the sails. Uh, I'm going to make the claim – that had Lou Brock slid into home. Right. That would have given him a two-run lead. Right. That would have taken the wind out of the sails uh, yeah. of Detroit. This the, uh, series would have been over.
1: The only thing I could think of was Brock on approaching home plate seeing Free – what's his name? Free free and reacting. So he knows it's going to be close, and he's probably – the ball probably beat him there. And that'd be the only thing I can think of. He's going to try to ram at the last second. He's going to try to ram him over. Knock the ball free. I don't know. I don't either, bro. I mean, I, you know, Luke Brock's got to be able to see the ball bouncing and get, beating him there. So, at the last second, instinct, I bonehead guess. Bonehead call? Or not bonehead call. He, I should I, say bonehead decision, not to slide. Yeah, I think so. But maybe, I don't know. And they said, boom, boom, play. He is out. I'm pretty sure he's out. This was the momentum changer of this world series. I mean, he never touched home plate, so either way, I mean.
0: Okay. Well, all right, Puss. So let's. uh, Cardinals starting pitcher Nelson Bryles would be taken out of the game in the seventh inning with one runner on base and was replaced by reliever Joe Horner. After Horner loaded up the bases, the Tigers began a game winning rally with Al Kaline hitting a two run single to give his team a 4 3 lead. Norm Cash would then bang in an insurance run with a single. Now, uh, <laughs> hey, I I must have copy and pasted this in here. I don't. This isn't my. This isn't my notes. This is some this is something I copy and pasted. Look, uh, Jose, huh. he had an unconventional pregame singing of the national anthem and aroused controversy with Detroit Tigers and NBC receiving thousands of angry letters and telephone calls about the performance. Really? Mickey Lolich also blamed Jose's unusually long rendition for causing him to get cold after his warm-ups oh God. and giving up three early runs.
1: <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I was all warmed up, and then this guy come out and sang the national anthem, and I got,
0: oh, yeah. Damn it, Kurt. I missed an opportunity. Hang on. We got to fix this. I missed an opportunity. So, uh, <laughs> Lou Brock makes the bonehead decision to run into home, run into the catcher instead of sliding into home plate.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, I feel better now. I got yeah, that out of my go. system. There we go. So the box score for the momentum-swifting Game Five, which uh, Cardinals now lead the series three games to two. Uh, Detroit five to three. They both scored nine runs apiece. So now we're gonna get two days of rest. We're going back to Bush Stadium October 10th, no, October 9th, excuse me, of 68. Uh, Warren Giles, the National League president, throws out the first pitch to Tim McCarver. Huh. Needing two wins in St. Louis to win the World Series, Tiger manager Mayo Smith chose Denny McClain again as his starting pitcher. Even though he only had two days rest and had not been very successful in his first two starts, Cardinals manager Red. I don't remember how they pronounce his name on tape. Red Showhandized? Showhandized? Shane Deast. Shane, Deist. Shane Deist. Thank you. Shane Deist. We'll uh-huh. just call him Red. Red, yeah. Red stayed with his normal three starter rotation, selecting Washburn, who was the game three winner. The choice of McLean paid off for the Tigers as he pitched a complete game in a 13 to 1 PP spanking. <laughs> I love saying that. You know it's bad when I say got your PP
1: spanking. Hey, I use no. that in a lot on the show. Oh, shit.
0: Now, I've only literally got one paragraph about this because this was just brutal. The Tigers went up 2 0 in the second inning on RBIs by Willie Horton and Bill Freon. In the third, the Tigers sent 15 batters to the Holy plate. Oh, shit. Scoring ten runs off three Cardinals pitchers,
1: ten run rule. Good night.
0: <laughs> it's a mercy <laughs> That's killing. A mercy. Uh, yeah. Jim Northrup's grand slam highlighted the inning. Al Kaline added a home run in the fifth. The Cardinals' lone run came off an RBI single by Julian Javier with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. But that was all they could do against McLean. They had nine hits, but only got one run. A scattered. Nine so head, now. Head. So
1: now, What's the clubhouse
0: game like? six, we're tied three games apiece because of this 13-1 to victory. So we're going back, or we're going to stay in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, and now they do have to face Bob
0: Gibson. Now they're going to have to face Bob Gibson. I mean,
1: so, they're still in the Cardinals favor, you would think.
0: Okay, so think about this. As you're approaching game seven, you just, you just won game six. It, you guys are tied three apiece. You know, in your mind, you're facing Bob Gibson, yeah, around, right?
1: But you can get him.
0: What are you game plan for? You got 24 hours, little less because you got a little well, less than 24 you, you've hours. You've seen
1: him twice already now. Okay, surely we can scratch out a few runs. Surely. Okay. I mean, I don't know the momentum. I mean, roll the dice and let her let's let her fly. You know, I mean, you've come back made a seventh game out of it, right? Right. What do you got to lose now? Exactly. So, I mean, let her fly. Here we go. Let her fucking eat, right? Yep. I mean, that that just has to be the mindset, you know. Momentum's on your side. You just spanked their pee-pees real bad. I love saying I spank their pee-pees. <laughs> okay. So before
0: we uh, before we get into Game Seven here, we're only you know how long we've been recording? I don't know. Hour and fifteen minutes, and we're already at Game Seven. Yeah. No postseason no really season. sped this episode yeah, up, didn't right. it? Right. Okay, so let's. Uh, Alright guys So check out Main Street Designs LLC in Jasper Indiana This is a small Family owned business that Specializes in laser engraving And direct garment printing They can also do vinyl decals uh, Stuff for baby blankets Tumblers, personalized Items for you, your business, your wedding Your parties Whatever they've offered uh, a couple years ago To make a logo for me and Kurt We and Kurt still have the goofy dumbass picture of me and him taken in the machine room by the whirlwind saw uh, god I look like a moron in that picture but uh, anyways message him on Facebook or give him a call at 812-661-7765 uh, shop local first man that's one yeah. thing me and Kurt pro, do local first I mean yep. you can get anything at the big chains Right. shop local first yep. check out main street designs okay so, Bob Gibson's going to be on the mound for this, huh? And Mickey Lolich. And Mickey Lowlich. So, game seven, October 10th, 1968, Bush Stadium, 54,600 and change. Will Eckert, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, throws out the first pitch to Tim McCarver. Uh, Cardinals manager, Red Shadings. His wife, Mary, sings the national anthem. Oh, wow. And look what I put right here in my notes. I wrote I wrote In the fitting into this series and in the final game of legendary Roger Maris' career, the two teams' hottest pitchers, Mickey Lowlich and Bob Gibson, square off in a duel. Uh, let's see, where'd I put it here? Square off in a duel until an infamous hit over the head of Kurt Flood. Like McLean in game six, Lowlich was starting on only two days of rest. Now my phone's ringing. oh Yep. Hang on just a second. We're up, Paul. We'll be right back. Yeah. All right, we're back. It's Super Bowl Sunday, everybody. Had to f- finalize some uh, Super Bowl plans there. So, Lolich against Gibson. Now, these two traded back and forth, shot for shot, for the first six innings. But in the top of the seventh, Gibson gave a two-out single to Norm Cash and Willie Horton. Jim Northrup then hit a hard smash to deep center and Kurt Flood who won numerous Gold Glove awards in his career. I misplayed it. He misplayed it yeah. and uh, briefly started in on the ball before turning around to go back. The ball one-hopped the warning track, two runs scored, and Northrup ended up at third for a triple and Lowlich had all the runs he needed. Flood has long since been criticized by people who believe he would have caught the ball had his first steps been back instead of in.
1: As an outfielder, a rule of thumb is your first step is always back.
0: Generally, yes. I mean, That's the ball, where you should
1: be. The ball is hit right at him, and that's the hardest ball as an outfielder to judge is when it's hit directly at you as yeah. far as gauging and distance. But your first step should always be
0: back. Yep. Now – as I said, Flood was has been criticized by people throughout history because uh, they said he would have caught the ball had his first steps been back instead of in. Yep. Northrup has long since been said, "quote Flood slipped a little, but the ball was forty feet over his head. He never had a fucking chance to catch it." However, teammate Denny McLean claimed in his seventy-five autobiography that Flood blew the call. Orlando Sepeda, in his 1998 autobiography, asserts that Flood would have caught the ball had he not misjudged it. Well, in October 29, 1968, issue of the Sporting News, both Flood and Cardinals manager Red indicated they would have expected the normally sure-handed outfielder to catch such a ball by starting in Flood had to both reverse direction and regain his acceleration. He then slipped on the grass, before recovering his speed. And by that time, the ball was done
1: past and, and him. Let's not forget who was pitching. Bob Gibson's throwing it right past people. I'm sure as an, an, an as a fielder, a lot of times you get comfortable and your feet get a little bit into the concrete. You know what I mean? Because he's just up there throwing pitches past everybody, right? Pretty I mean, much. I yeah. I, you got to figure that into Maybe it could have been something like that.
0: But yeah, had he stepped back...
1: Right, he would have had that ball, I think.
0: Because I don't know why the fuck you go forward.
1: Well, like I say, the hardest ball to judge is when it's hit directly at you. It, I mean,
0: 100%. Could. So, Bill Freehan then doubled in Jim Northrop, and in the top of the ninth, Don Wirt hit an RBI single. The Cardinals got a run in the ninth on a Mike Shannon home run, but that was all as Lowlich pitched his third complete game. The final out of the series was recorded when Bill Freehan caught a pop-up foul off Tim McCarver. Gibson struck out eight in the losing calls, giving him a record 35 strikeouts by one pitcher in the World Series, but Lolich was named World Series MVP. Now This is the last World Series to date to feature a complete game from both starting pitchers. Cardinals shortstop Dale Maxville went hitless in 22 World Series at bats. Ouch! A record. Ouch! So uh, I'm gonna play the call like we usually do here in just a second. So the final box score for Game Seven was four to one Detroit. Detroit out hit them eight to five. And uh, actually, uh, let's play the call and then we'll go the box score for the entire World okay. Series and then we'll start breaking down okay. stats. So here is the World Series call. Shout out to Major League Baseball. We're ripping off your shit like we always do.
2: <laughs> McCarver pops up. Here's Brian. Detroit's the new world champion.
1: And look at Brian picking up Lulich. And there is a scene that has been repeated many times in World Series history. It's a happy bunch of Tigers, they have beaten the Cardinals 4-1, and they have replaced them as the champions of baseball, and they made some comeback, they were trailing three games to one, they were behind three runs in the first inning of game five, they came back to win, they walked in here and murdered the Cardinals yesterday, they win again today and 28-year-old Mickey Lolich now has joined Christy Mathewson. Jack Toombs, Babe Adams, Stan Coveleski, Harry Burkine, Lou Burdett, and Bob Gibson as pitchers who have won three games and lost none in a World Series. And Lolich did it with two days' rest and beat Bob Gibson to do it. Impressive. Impressive, yeah. Yeah, that, that definitely, I think that played changed the, the series outcome.
0: All right, so. <laughs> so you so you like this huh yeah definitely okay so the 68 World Series Detroit wins over St. Louis four to three okay box score run scored Detroit 34 Cardinals 27 hits Detroit Tigers 56 Cardinals 61. errors Detroit Tigers 11 errors wow.
1: St Louis Cardinals just two. Wow, that's that, huh? And Detroit wins the series. Detroit wins the series. I mean, he, you know, figure if you make eleven errors in it. In ah, a series. In a series, that's we spell a disaster.
0: Huh. So now I have both the pitching and hitting World Series statistics for each team, because you usually like to fire me off questions. Uh, let's look at. Uh, Let's look at the hitting statistics for the 68 Cardinals. Lou, Norm, Brock, Lou Brock was on fire. We'll get to him. Okay. Let's look or actually let's look at the Tigers first. Okay. Uh Norm Cash was hitting 385. Uh 26 for 10 or uh, 10 for 26. 385. Uh he only hit one home run. Uh Al Kaline was hitting 379. That was 11 for 29. Willie Horton was hitting uh, 304, 7 for 23. Um, Eddie Matthews. No, not Eddie Matthews. He didn't do that much. Let's look at the pitchers here. Mickey Lowlich was hitting 250. Uh, McClain didn't bat. So, yeah, so there's your. uh, Now. Uh Freyan, the catcher. Yeah. He was hitting uh zero point eight three. That is uh, uh he made that a big, is two out of twenty-four. He made a big plate to plate though. He had a very cold anemic bat yes. during the World Series. Now let's look at the Cardinals hitting statistics. Lou Brock was hitting four sixty-four. You were right. <laughs> four sixty-four. Oh, that was uh 464. That's 13 for 28. That's not bad.
1: No two home runs. Yeah, Lou Brock was raking. Lou Brock was raking. Yeah, sure.
0: Uh, Julian Javier was hitting 333. That's nine for 27. Roger Maris, in his final season as a player, hitting 158. Um. Hitting 158. That is three for 19. Not good.
1: No, no.
0: But it was his last year. Uh, Tim McCarver was hitting 333. Uh, hip, yeah. Yeah. That's nine for 27. Uh, Mike Shannon was hitting 276. Kurt Flood, did he do? Let's see where it was Kurt Flood Kurt was only hitting 286. Oh. Uh, that is eight out of 28. And our boy Orlando Sepeda. Uh-oh. See, average 257 out of 28. So those are the big ones. All right, let's look at pitching. Because that's what gives – I get pitch what – what's my joke? I get a pitch and chubby. That's what Pitchy, I'll say. Uh, chubby. I get a pitch and chubby. So <laughs> a pitch and chubby. So <laughs> hey. um, let's look at the Detroit Tigers. So, Mickey Lowlich, 27 innings pitched, a 1.67 ERA, 3 0. Denny McClain was 1 2, uh, 16.2 innings pitched, a 3.24 ERA.
1: And I guess them's the only two that's really standing out. I mean, yeah, I did most of the pitching. Let's look at the Cardinals
0: pitching. Nelson Bryles was 0 1, 5.56 ERA, not good. No. Steve Carlton, Kurt loves Steve Carlton. Oh, yeah. Steve Carlton was, uh, he played in two games, uh, had a 6.75 ERA, yeah, not he good. Yeah, got
1: right. Yeah, I got beat up pretty good.
0: So I guess really the only one to talk about is Bob, Bob Gibson. Gibson. Yeah. 2 and 1, 27 innings pitched. 35 strikeouts, only gave up 18 hits, only gave up five earned runs, 1.67 World Series ERA.
1: Pretty good. I mean, pretty good. But they finally busted through. I mean, they'd seen twice already, you know, in a short period of time. I'm not surprised that they didn't figure out a way to. So as far as overall statistics,
0: team wise for pitching, uh, the Tigers were four and three. Uh, sixty-two innings pitched and a three forty-eight ERA, uh, with forty strikeouts and twenty-four earned runs.
1: Fucking Gibson's about strikeouts as managed as the, yeah. The Tigers did the whole pitching staff the, did.
0: The Cardinals were three and four, with sixty-two innings pitched and a four six five ERA, with fifty-nine strikeouts and thirty-two earned
1: runs. Mel Gibson had thirty-five of them, didn't he? Mm hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, 68's often been called the year of the pitcher. Uh, Danny McLean and the Tigers had 31 games. We've talked about this. Blah, 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 blah. But, as I said, did you know that the only home run hit in his career, Mickey Lolich, was in Game 2 of the World Series? It's crazy. Huh. Huh. During the 63 World Series, Sandy Koufax recorded a record 15 strikeouts. In Game 1... Gibson has struck out 13 batters through seventh innings, and uh, would eventually break the record.
1: Mm, That's insane. Yeah, he can throw hard. I know that. A little bit of clips I've watched of him.
0: So what else we got? Anything of utter importance? Oh yes, our rankings. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed with the write-up for the World Series rankings on this one. It, it was it's pretty anticlimactic. ESPN would rank this 34th overall as the 34th greatest World Series of all time. 34th overall. Now, as far as series leverage and game oh, no. leverage, they would rank rec- they rank this as the 80th greatest World Series as far as you know the metrics that we talked about. Right. And as far as the games being close or not close, at the time, this was ranked 115th, which would have been second worst all time. But overall, for everything pulling together, it's top 35 World Series, 34th overall. And all they simply put in their paragraph write-up, in games one and four, Gibson threw complete victories, striking out 27 while allowing one run. In games two and five, Mickey Lolich threw complete game victories, in Game Seven, one of them was going to become the 12th pitcher ever to win three World Series games. out outdueled Gibson, and the Tigers won. In 50 years since then, only one pitcher has won three in a series: Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, whose third win came in relief. Big unit, the big unit. So, uh, we're going to start to kind of tie this an hour and 31 minutes exactly. All right. Well, our shortest World Series recap ever. No postseason. No postseason. Let's do a little bit of word association, right. Kurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've it's been a long time. We got a drink here. <laughs> right. Been a long time since we've done this. And feel free to ask me any after I ask you. You don't okay. have to. Okay. Uh. Bob Gibson.
1: A flamethrower. Flamethrower. Flame thrower. So hard. Mickey Lolich. Uh, overachieved.
0: Both pitchers getting regular season
1: MVP awards. Uh-uh. 1968
0: St. Louis Cardinals.
1: Uh, decent, yeah, for sure.
0: 1968 Detroit Tigers. Uh, Cardiac kids, man. Come Ooh. back. Uh, pitcher getting World Series MVP.
1: I don't like it. Okay. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it's all right. I don't know. The game five Lou
0: Brock called the plate. Good call. Good call. What about the decision itself to not slide? Eh? Huh. Costly. Costly, yeah. That's what I was going to yes. say. Yes. Costly. We're if looking at a whole sli- different if, if, world if series. If he
1: slides away from the ball, if, it's East If State. he slides, they go up yes. two runs. Yeah, this game yeah, ends yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, I agree. Whole different world series.
0: Yeah Okay. The 1968 world series. Decent world series.
1: Good world series.
0: The 2020 article with 116 World Series at the time, 118 now, ranking this one 34th overall of 116.
1: I could have went higher than that, I think. Higher or lower? Lower, I mean. It could have been better ranked, if I say it right. Okay. It was a good World Series, really.
0: Yeah, I think it was. Our first uh, vintage World Series, our you know, first anniversary series we've ever done. It's the first time we've actually really done it. Man. Well, I'll take it back. We did one anniversary World Series in October. We did the Cardinals and the Cleveland in- or the Marlins and the Indians in 97. Right. We did that back in October, okay. actually on time. Right. So now, have you noticed any more? years back. Any more I never get the list out to see what episodes we're going to do? <laughs> any more it's just like, yeah, oh, I think we'll do this. Which there's, there's over 100 episodes yeah, on that right. list
1: of paper. Right. Yeah, I know.
0: So now we got to figure out what we're going to talk about in our next feature linked episode. And I keep thinking about this. Uh, I mean, I don't know how long the episode will be. As long, as long as we get at least an hour minimum out of every episode, I'm happy. Right. Most of the time, we run two to three, three right. and a half hours. Right. I keep thinking about this. 33 years ago last night.
1: I'm down. I, 30, 30, for for those of you that you know, don't I'm remember what to, I said earlier. 30, I'm down to do something about that.
0: Thirty three years ago yesterday was the number one upset in. I won't say all sports history, but I'll say in combat sports history. Yeah. Thirty three years ago yesterday, Buster Douglas knocked Mike Tyson the fuck out. Yeah. And lots of people in Vegas lost yeah, lots, lots of, of money.
1: money. I'd say we did.
0: Uh. We could. I'm trying to think about in my head how we'd format that. I guess we could go about Tyson's dominance and the obscurity that Douglas was in before the fight, right. and how everything changed.
1: Yeah. yeah, the build up to the fight, the actual fight.
0: Douglas is not going to go down as the greatest fighter of all time. I can't even tell you who he lost the title to. I Maybe. Uh, but he knocked. Mike Tyson, fuck out. But you not. Know, I, I don't. I want to say it was Michael Moore, not that fat fuck Michael Moore. Which I'm fat, so I can call anybody fat. Fat people call other people fat. It's a thing. Kurt's over here laughing. I think it was Michael Moore that took the belt off of Douglas. Don't quote me on that. I, I'm not sure. You know what? Google. One more time. Why not? We've yep. been using the Google machine. Who beat Buster Douglas for the world title? I thought it was Michael Moore.
2: According to MarshallBot.com, no, maybe he went on to win four more consecutive fights after the debut, which included three wins via stoppage. Douglas had his first world title fight at the age of 27 on...
0: It's okay. We're uh, we're going to look. No, it was fucking Holyfield. I thought it was more. Uh, I didn't know it was Evanderum.
1: And then, and then the Holyfield. He reigned as
0: champion for eight months until he was defeated by Holyfield and his only title offense. What a career is that? You knock out Mike Tyson and then you get knocked out by Evander Holyfield.
1: That's a pretty good career, be I guess.
0: But, anyways, like, I don't, I don't, I just keep thinking it about was, that.
1: It was a big deal, though. It was a great big deal.
0: In I was three and 90, so I don't, I don't remember this, obviously.
1: But, uh, it's something we. It was of. everybody. It was. That's all everybody talked don't, about. I mean, don't hold us to it yet. I mean, we... don't hold it to us yet. Uh, I well, mean, we'll have to discuss it a little more. Maybe I think it uh, would make a good if we could figure it out in a good format for it. We
0: still gotta do Kill
1: Dozer. Yeah.
0: That's gonna be a good episode. But uh, I don't know, man. This was a. This was only an hour and a half long episode, and it was and it was a good one. It was informative. Yeah. yeah. Uh. I don't really know what you would call it. I mean, this was just shocking. Yeah. And, of course, you know, the, the story about this World Series is made all the more important because Vietnam's ongoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, for those of you that are history buffs like me, I loved history in school.
1: Yeah, me too. Uh,
0: 1967, Detroit was burning to the fucking ground because they had all these... Uh, Vietnam protest riots yep. and all these racial injustice things going on. So Detroit's burning to the fucking ground. And then it's often been said that the city won the champion you know, the championship brought the city back together.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was a big win.
0: Martin Luther King died in sixty eight, too. That's yep. so when he was assassinated. Yep. So there's all this shit going on. Yep. But uh all right. You yeah. got anything else?
1: No. I like no, we're gonna yeah. Uh, It's good to get back in there.
0: I know, man. We were so fucking busy with the holidays. And then I had work shit going on. And then, uh you know, we couldn't seem to get together for a little while. Right. Right. So. Guess he's back. <laughs> back uh, again. again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Dole's excited because we have a third mic now. So he's going to be ready to plug in when we cover the 2013 NBA Finals. Thirteen. Dude, I hey, that back-to-back finals, thirteen and fourteen between Spurs. Man, I'm telling you what, that's one of the best. I'll fight anybody. That's one of the best NBA finals I've ever watched. Was thirteen between the Spurs and the Heat. Think about how many guys made themselves that. How many like Danny Green stood yeah. out, Patty Mills
1: stood out. A lot of superstars in the floor on the floor. There, yeah. He's
0: smiling. Go ahead and say it. What are you thinking? You're smiling. I want to hear it. You're part of this outfit, too. shame that uh, LeBron, you know, lost one of them finals, you know? LeBron. Yeah, he lost one of
1: them finals, yeah.
0: 14. That's when we went back to Cleveland.
1: Okay. Got
0: anything else? Nope. Nope. Okay. We're (laughs) going to end this show now so we don't look like bigger douchebags than we already are. (laughs) So, Kirk Kelly, it's good to have you back. Good to be back. So, uh, we will catch you guys next time, episode TBD, we don't know. Uh, We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. So, Kirk Kelly, uh, this is the Fat Man, and we will see you guys next time. Peace out. Peace out.